are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. As I read the mail from time to time, day by day, and in the few services that I've been privileged to conduct since the tent revival, I find two outstanding conditions existing among church people. Number one, there is a great mass of church people who belong to the church and they are strictly religious and faithfully religious, but they have no assurance whether or not they're saved. Then the second group, they tell me very readily that they believe they've been saved, but they are not happy. They are not getting joy and peace out of their Christian living. Now, I want to speak to you today along a little different line than I've ever used on the radio. The devil versus God, or God versus the devil. Now, I want to show you some things, and then I think some of you Christians will be better satisfied when I finish. Now, in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want to read that one more time. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, that's in 2 Peter 3, 9. But in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be alert, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, the thing that I want to point out in these two verses is the word any and whom. All right, now, if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Peter 3 and 1 Peter 5. Now, they're right close together, so you can see both of them at the same time by folding the page, and you'll have them both right before you. Now, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but the devil is seeking whom he may damn. Now, please stay with me, stay with me, and please pray, because I'm sure, just as sure as I'm speaking, that God has somebody out there that needs this message. Beloved, it matters not who you are. Preacher's son, preacher's daughter, missionary's son, missionary's daughter, preacher's wife, preacher's mother or mother, if your preacher, if your son is a preacher, it doesn't make any difference. It matters not if you are a millionaire's daughter or a pauper's daughter. If your skin is white or colored or whatever, it matters not. It makes no difference who you are. The devil seeks to damn you. And on the other hand, it is not God's will that you perish. Now, it doesn't make any difference what preachers say or what teachers say or what anybody else says. The Bible says it is not the Lord's will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. Now, that's Bible. That's the Word of God. And the Word of God cannot be broken. It cannot fail. The Word of God endureth forever. 
Therefore, you can know for sure and stand upon the certainty that regardless of who you are or where you are or however wicked you've been, God Almighty wants to save you and he wants to save you for Jesus' sake. Read Ephesians 4, 31. Ephesians 4, 31. Now, I don't have time to read it on the radio. But God wants to save you for Jesus' sake. Now then, in 1 Peter 5, 8, seeking whom he may devour you. Devour. So the devil wants to devour you for his sake in order that he might steal from God one of his own creatures created in the very image of God himself. So now let me drive this home. Then I want to get on down to the class that I want to talk about the second class, and that's the class that I want to help most of all. Certainly I want to see sinners saved, but I don't have nearly so many sinners listening to my voice now as I do the second class that I'm going to talk about. Now, dear sinner, if you're listening to my voice and you've never made a profession of faith, You've never been saved. You've never been born again. Certainly you don't want to die in your sins and wake up in hell. I'm sure that you don't want to die in iniquity and wake up in the pits of the damned. I believe that if I could speak to every sinner, boy or girl, man or woman, young man or young woman, you'd say, Brother Green, I want to be saved. Well, I've got good news for you. God wants to save you. But I have sad news for you. The devil wants to damn you. So it's up to you. It's up to you. Now, I can see some people shudder. Oh, I received a letter the other day from a fellow, and he said, the very idea for you to come to the radio and tell sinners that it's up to them whether or not they go to heaven. I'm telling you today that God Almighty has done everything that God can do. Jesus Christ has done everything that Jesus can do. The Holy Ghost is doing everything that he can do. The Word of God is doing everything the Word of God can do. And I want to say emphatically, dogmatically, without apology, that it's up to you. God wants you, the devil wants you. Jesus wants to save you, the devil wants to damn you. Now, it's up to you as an individual to choose Jesus or to choose Satan. He, he walks behind you, waiting to devour you. Jesus stands in front of you, and he says, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Now, the only thing between you and salvation, if you're a sinner, is to come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus, that's all, and believe him, receive him, accept him, and trust him, and praise God, you'll be in that number when the saints go marching in, hallelujah, to his precious name. But if you reject him, then one day the devil will pounce upon you and damn your soul and drag you into the lake of fire. Now, that's one class. It's not God's will that any perish, and it's not the devil's will that any go to heaven. Jesus wants to save any, and the devil seeks whom he may devour. So that takes in you, my friend. All right. 1 Peter 5, 8, 2 Peter 3, 9. Read it. Now then, I want you to turn to John 10, and in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, we find these words. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Now that's in John 10 and the last half of the verse. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Now Jesus not only desires to save you, but he wants to go further. He wants to bless you after he saves you. 
He wants to give you abundance of joy and peace. He wants to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus desires to give to every one of his children their spiritual birthright. But just as truly as Jesus desires to give his children their spiritual birthright and for them to enjoy full joy, again, the thief cometh but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the first part of John 10. Now, the devil is the thief, the thief from the beginning. He's a murderer from the beginning. He's a thief. All right. He brainwashed the angels in the very beginning. That is, uh, in the beginning of his campaign to overthrow God. He brainwashed the angels. He led them astray. And the angels attempted with him to overthrow God and God overthrew them. And they are reserved in chains until today. Now he became a thief. He became a murderer. And it's the devil's desire first to steal your soul and see you burn in hell. Whomsoever you are, it matters not. It's his desire to damn whomsoever. But it's Jesus' desire to save you. Now then, if you're saved, if you are saved, and if the devil loses your soul, he's not going to let you alone. There's only one thing left for him to do. If you're under the blood, covered by the blood, saved by grace, washed in the blood, named in the Lamb's book of life, if you're God's true born-again child, there's only one thing the devil can do after that. Steal, rob, steal and rob your joy, your peace, your happiness, your usefulness, your testimony. And he's working harder on the believers than he is the unbelievers. He has the unbeliever, and he knows he has the unbeliever, so he's working overtime on the believer. Now the thief comes but for to steal, to rob. All right? Now then, Peter was walking with Jesus. I don't have time to read all these scriptures. I wish I did. And so the devil asked for, uh, for Peter. And Jesus told Peter very frankly and very clearly. He said, Peter, the devil has asked for you but I've prayed for you that you'll stand. Now he's asked for you to sift you. He has asked for you to sift you. But I've prayed for you that you'll stand. Well, now you know the story. Peter followed Jesus afar off. Now you want me to tell you why some of you Christians feel like you do? Some of you believers? Number one, some of you are in the wrong church. When I preach, what do you mean by that? Doesn't every man have a right to go to church where he wants to? Yes if you want to keep on feeling like some of you feel now. You certainly do. I'm not trying to dictate to you. I'm trying to help you. I'm not holding a stick over your head. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Now, the reason some of you have lost your joy, you are going to church in the wrong kind of a church. Now, and I don't mean Baptist, Methodist, or Presbyterian either. I don't mean you belong to the wrong denomination. I'm not talking about that. You are listening to a liberal that denies the virgin birth, the blood atonement, and the verbal inspiration of the Bible. You are supporting a church and a minister that denies the very power that saved you. The virgin born, son of God, through his shed blood, saved you. Now, if the devil can get you to attend and hear a man that denies the power of the gospel and the Christ that saved you, then the devil will rob you of your joy, rob you of your power, rob you of your victory, and he'll rob you of your reward. And he'll take all the joy out of your Christian living. 
Now, that's the first reason. You belong to the wrong outfit. You're supporting a liberal and a modernist. Number two, some of the rest of you feel like you do because you don't go to church anywhere. Some of you Christians haven't been to church in weeks. Some of you Christians do not systematically read your Bible. Some of you Christians do not systematically pray. You do not give systematically, and you do not witness for Jesus. Then you wonder when I come on the radio why you doubt your salvation and feel like a sinner. I can tell you why. You are so far, so very far from God, that the devil is tormenting your mind and making you even doubt that you've ever been saved. And the trouble is, you're supporting a liberal, or you're not going to church, you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying, you're not witnessing, you're not supporting the work of the Lord, and you're following Jesus afar off. Now, the devil said, I want Peter, I'm going to sift him. And the devil's sifting some of you people. He sifted Peter, and Peter followed Jesus afar off, all right? The next thing he did, he sat down with the Lord's enemies and warmed his feet by the devil's fire. Now, you'll find this in all the Gospels. I wish I had time to read it and study it with you, but I don't. I'm just giving you the outline and the heart of the message. That's all, just giving you the heart. Luke tells about it. He went out and wept bitterly. Matthew tells us about it. Mark tells us about it. All right. So he sat down by the devil's fire. And one of them said, you are one of his disciples. He said, no. Another said, you're one of the... No, no, no. Another man said, you are, you are, you are. You're a Galilean. And your speech, your language betrays you. You're one of them. And he cursed and he swore that he'd never met Jesus. And the Bible says the Lord turned and looked at Peter. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, beloved, let me tell you something. The reason Peter got in the terrible, terrible predicament he got in, first, he followed Jesus afar off. Second, he sat down by the devil's fire. Third, he conversed with the devil's enemies. Fourth, he denied the Lord. He cursed. And Jesus turned and looked at Peter, and he went out and he wept bitterly. Now, Peter was a true Bible backslider. He denied the Lord. He communed with the Lord's enemies. He fellowshiped with the Lord's enemies. He warmed himself with the devil's fire. He denied the Lord. He was a true backslider, just as surely as you're listening to my voice. And if you'll read Luke's account, in Luke 22, verses 54 through 62, you'll find that Luke 22, Luke 22, 62 says, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, Jesus said, Peter, I've prayed for you that you'll stand. But he denied the Lord. He let him down. And it cost him a broken heart, a saddened heart and tears of repentance on his knees, and shame and remorse. Listen, Jesus wants you to enjoy the abundance of grace, victory over sin, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And Jesus has prayed for you, and Jesus has prayed for me, that we too may have the victory that he prayed for Peter to have. Where do you find that, Brother Green? Listen. In John 17, 
we find these words. John 17, 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. Mm-hmm. Because they are not of the world. Yes, some of you precious Christians have succumbed to criticism. And you support a gang of liberals and modernists and God-haters and blood-deniers simply to keep your reputation in the community. Now, if you stand up for the Word of God and stand up for the blood-stained banner, they're going to criticize you, and they're going to let you down, they're going to hate you. Verse 15, John 17, 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now watch this. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. And for this, their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their testimony or through their word. Now, Jesus prayed for me. Jesus prayed for me that I would stand. He prayed for you that you would stand. Now, Christian, if you're defeated, it's your fault. It's not God's fault. If you're not happy, it's your fault. It's not God's fault. If you're not enjoying victory, it's your fault. It's not God's fault. Now, God has provided not only salvation, but joy unspeakable and full of glory. 1 Peter 1, 8. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Victory, 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, victory, and thank God, abundance of grace, joy, peace. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. So if the devil can't damn you and send you to hell, then he turns loose all the forces of hell upon you to rob you and to steal from you your spiritual birthright. It's not God's will that any perish. It's the devil's will that all perish. It's God's will that you enjoy the abundance of grace, your spiritual birthright. It's the devil's will to steal your spiritual joy, peace, and victory. Where are you? Where are you, dear friend? God help you. Where are you? If you're lost, be saved. If you're backslidden, be reclaimed. And if you are a poor, defeated Christian that's doubting God, surrender all to Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, say to the devil, Get thee behind me, Satan, and plead the blood, and he'll let you alone. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knbbc.com for Christian music you can trust.